You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. So in today's video with Juan, we'll talk about the different type of paperwork there is when you become a passive investor and start investing in other people's syndications or funds. Welcome back, Lon. I'm glad to be here. So um, if you watch all these podcasts, this will be the most boring of all of them, but I feel like it's a pretty important topic. So I'm going to go through it with you guys at sort of a high level. So most of you have at least bought your own house. Maybe you've bought and sold several houses and you've maybe even bought some real estate investments. And there's a common sort of a structure when you buy and sell any sort of real estate directly of the title documents and the contract to buy the real estate and the inspection reports and all the other things you see. And then when you actually close, there's going to be you know mortgage documents that are all related. So every single real estate transaction you do on the active side is going to have sort of a cadence that looks familiar after you've done it a couple of times. When you do your first passive investment, none of that's going to help you. It's going to be several documents that you've never seen before, and they're going to be between 50 and 100 pages long on average. Um, so what's, what is what is good news, I can tell you, is that there's an internal structure to all these documents that's very common across every single passive investment that you may consider. And once you've read one, the next one's going to go a lot faster. And by the time you've read five of these things, it's just going to kind of blow right by. Not dissimilar to when you do your fifth active investment, like, okay, I've seen this before, I've seen this before. Uh, but I want to prepare people like the first time you do this, like it's a little bit overwhelming. So you're going to hear some marketing material from me or some other passive investment guy. And it's going to sound fantastic because we're in marketing. That's our job. And then you're going to say, yep, that sounds great. I want to invest. And then great. We have some documents for you to sign. And you're going to get this PDF of 80 pages of, oh my God, what is this? I don't understand any of it. So what I want to give you is sort of a roadmap of what's in the 80 pages and what should you look for at a minimum. And you know, try to do it early in the morning when you're caffeinated because it's the kind of stuff that will definitely put you to sleep rapidly. It's just not that exciting. So the first is called the PPM, the Private Placement Memorandum. And that'll be the longest one usually. Uh, it'll probably be about 50 pages or it could be a little bit more than that. So it's boring. It's a little bit repetitive. And it's going to give you the highlights of the other two documents. But the most important part of the private placement memorandum is to tell you every possible thing that could go wrong in the most exaggerated sort of detail ever. So like if they had to have you sign a private placement memorandum via like a kitchen carving knife, it would come like a six page PPM. You could cut yourself with this. Your kid could cut themselves with this. A burglar could break into your, your house and stab you with this knife. You shouldn't buy this knife. It's too dangerous, really, for any practical purpose. You're insane to have this knife in your house. It's such a threat to your health. That's how it would be you know, written. And when you read the PPM for this real estate investment, it's going to sound the exact same way. There could be a meteorite that could hit the building. There could be a toxic you know, waste dump that our phase one missed, but it's still there. And then we can't sell the building. Or the dinosaurs are going to come back and step on the building. It's absolutely ridiculous, the stuff that they put in there. Read through it with a sense of humor, and you're going to have a hell of a lot more fun looking at all the things that could possibly go wrong because it blows them all completely out of proportion because attorneys wrote it and their job is to cover the ass of the person that is putting together the investment. So look at that. What should you be looking for in the private placement memorandum? Well, the thing is you've been promised a bunch of stuff in the marketing presentations that I'm going to be charged 1% upfront to set up the fund. I'm going to be charged 2% per year to run the fund. There's going to be a 6% preferred return paid out to the LPs. The catch up to the general partner is going to be X and then the waterfall is going to look like this. You should be able to find all those things in there if you look hard enough 
and they should all exactly match. And you shouldn't find any fees or splits that are different than what you were promised in the marketing document. That's the main thing you want to look at and, and honestly, just be entertained by how exaggerated all the risk factors are. All right. So that's the PPM and that's the first major legal doc. Okay. And as a reminder out here, we're not giving you legal advice. This is educational advice. Always make sure you talk with your CPA or legal team before review any documents. Yep. So that's the first part. The next thing you're going to get is called the OA or the operating agreement. So most likely the partnership is going to be organized in an LLC, a limited liability company. So if you own some investment real estate right now as an active investor, you probably have an LLC of your own. So you probably have an operating agreement, particularly if you've got partners for the rentals that you own. Uh, so this actually will be the document that will probably be most immediately familiar to you. Um, so just read through it. You're unlikely to find any really big surprises in here. Um, if you think that there's any possibility that you might need to cash out early, you might see if there's any provision in there. Like if I get cashed out early, is that possible? And like, how would we figure out how much you're going to pay me two and a half years into the project? Um a really typical answer to that would be net asset value, NAV. So uh, if you invested $100,000 in this project and you've gotten $5,000 worth of dividends, uh, we've paid back five grand, your net asset value right now might be 95 grand. That might be the, the buyout value that we have for your share if you have to cash out early. If on the other hand, like we're four years into the project and we did a refinance and we've got a, a recent appraisal, we might be able to calculate a value that's a little bit more accurate than that. Um, so that's the thing that usually pops up the most in here. Um, if, uh, you and your spouse are investing this as joint tenants and, uh, you pass away and your spouse inherits it, uh, does she get any different rights than you did? That will be spelled out in here. That's not too particularly important to all this, but some people that's uh, an important thing. How the profits are divided up, the fees and all that you probably saw in the prior document and they, they will definitely match. Uh, so you don't need to worry about that too much, but you know, this, this will be a shorter document. that will probably be easier to figure out. Great. And then, so that is the operating agreement. I know we have more paperwork. What is next, Lon? So next you're going to see the essay, the subscription agreement. Um, so this just basically is your attestation that you've read all the other documents, that you had plenty of opportunities to ask the general partner every question that you could think of, and you feel like you are fully competent and aware of all the risks and rewards that you're about to sign up for. So you're not going to be surprised by anything. Um, if it's a requirement that you be an accredited investor, um, this is where you're going to document the fact that you are accredited. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. So you'll check which boxes. Um, the actual documentation process will probably be done by an independent third party, but you'll have some stuff here for that as well. We'll also have like just uh, demographics of uh, your address. How should we get the, the cash back to you? Do you want it wired to you? Do you want it as an ACH? Do you want to check in the mail? Um, so just, just some things like that. But it, it, this is actually a very, very simple document for most people. Great. So we've talked about the PPM, the OA, the subscription the subscription agreement, are there other major documents in this process? Those are going to be the big ones. Um, there might be like a really short one, like a one or two pages, it'll be called a joinder. And um, if you've got an operating agreement and there's just like five members in the LLC, each of you will sign a signature page at the back. Um, if there's 200 people investing in this, it'd be kind of impractical to circulate it. A joinder is a little legal document that you just sign yours and you agree that you and everybody else who signed their individual joinders collectively are the group of members in the LP pool. It's just a way to make the paperwork a lot easier. So you'll see a joinder, no big deal with that. Um, and there might be some other little things. So let's talk about next steps because that's the, the majority of paperwork. Yep. And now the beginning you'd reference is kind of like similar to going through and buying a piece of real estate directly. Yep. 
So do I have to go to a title company? Do I have to use a notary? How do I get these documents, review them, and sign them, and send them back to you? Oh, great. Yeah, absolutely. So on the on the active real estate side, you're almost always going to go to a title company, sign them in the presence of a notary, and then they'll uh, have you uh, sign all the things in blue ink in front of you. This can usually be done completely digitally at three in the morning in your bathrobe. Uh, so that's super duper convenient. And uh, usually the, the funding is uh, either an ACH or uh, a wire transfer. And you mentioned wire transfers. You know, we're both in real estate. I mean, you've built a big brokerage at your castle real estate. You've also built a successful title company, First Alliance Title, and they've done tens of thousands of transactions. And wire fraud is a big, big, big deal in the real estate world. What tips you have to, what comments you have to say about wire fraud in general and also for passive investing? Yeah, it's really important we talk about this. So it doesn't matter if you're active or passive. If you've got to move money around, um, it's astonishing the sophistication of the fraudsters that are out there. Um, so the best practices really are um, either get the wire instructions verbally from someone you know and trust at the fund, or uh, the most common way that this will work is that there'll be an investor platform. So instead of you being sent an email with the wire instructions. That, that's like a very undesirable way to get this information. You will, like when you go to Vanguard, when you get an email from Vanguard, you get an email from Chase Bank, you get an email saying, hey, you've got a new secure message on the Chase Bank website. You log into Chase through all their security and all their authentication. Usually it's a double authentication. And then when you're in the secure Chase Bank inbox, they'll have like something important for you. Exact same thing should be for your fund or your syndication where you're logging into the portal for the investment software and there's some authentication to it, and then they're gonna give you a, a PDF that's got the wire information on it. I would still go to the next step and call someone in accounting at the fund saying, all right, I got the secure email on your site. This is what I'm told the wire instruction is. Can you please confirm all this is correct? Um, if you do this, you're gonna be fantastic. Wonderful. Lon, this has been a great overview about all the legal documents and next steps. So thank you very much. Thanks for coming in on this uh, boring topic, but it is an important one. 